0: what's up everybody welcome to kind of funny games daily for friday february 12 2021 i'm one of your hosts greg miller alongside for the final time the former informer in ron khan imran
1: how are you i'm i was gonna say i'm doing well but like you know that's not entirely the truth like this is a happy but sad day for me You, of course, are
0: leaving us as a uh, full-time (laughs) part-timer to go to (laughs) Fanbyte. What are you going to be doing at Fanbyte?
1: I am going to be building out their news section. So that means I'm going to be writing a lot of news and a bunch of other bullshit that has nothing to do with news. But it's basically like the stuff I would get on rants about here is going to be like actual- In written format now over there? Yes, for sure.
0: Are you excited to return to writing? I think that's one of those things that, you know- for me i had transitioned at ign so much to video and podcasting that it wasn't something people still associated me with or that i was craving because i'd already done it by the time i started kind of funny for you obviously it used to be you were at game informer doing the news writing articles still podcasting here and there don't get me wrong Mm -hmm. and coming over to guest with us but then you came over and really this became the lion's share are you excited to get back to writing longer form stuff
1: because talking with reb last night and i was saying like at some point I, because when I came to kind of funny, I had no idea what I was doing. Cause like I did do the occasional podcast, but I was not a video personality at all. And yeah. like now I kind of feel like, oh, I'm, I've improved a lot to the point where I feel like I'm good at this. So I am excited to get back to writing. But I feel like thanks to stuff like this, thanks to the nearly two years I spent doing this at this point, wow. like I, I've gained a whole bunch of skills that I didn't have before that I'm, Better at doing this, and I could do this. I could hop onto podcasts and hop onto video content and do like the the game reviews in a podcast format that I just I felt so nervous about before.
0: Sure, sure, Uh, of course, yeah. This is our farewell to the former and former Imran Khan, but hello to my fantastic light from fanbite, Imran Khan. We're very proud of you, Imran. Thank you for giving us your talents for two years. We'll get sappy, you and me, I'm sure, at the end of it. But for now, we'll go to the Sheep Whisperer, who writes into patreon.com slash games and says, I'm sad to see you go, Imran. Uh, you, have one, you have become one of my favorite kind of funny hosts, but I wish you the best of luck at fanbite. Before you go, I have one question I've always wanted to ask. What is it like to have insider information on upcoming games, but be unable to say anything about them? clearly you know things about some high profile games that are yet to be released so what is it like to be entrusted with this info knowing full well you can't say anything for a long time if at all anyway i wish you luck but i hope you stop by and visit often the sheep whisperer
1: it sucks like (laughs) (laughs) like, so there's two scenarios one you tell somebody or and like you're wrong like something changes or whatever sure. like you look oh, like an kn- idiot yeah <laughs> yeah i know this game is going to be shown this month but like then it gets delayed for whatever reason it gets shown next month and everyone's like oh well everyone didn't know anything about it anyway or you can't tell anyone and it becomes this thing of like it really i know what people are saying is wrong about this and i would love to correct them or like you know even like the somewhat selfish thing of like i'd like to be you know get the little attention to being right sure about of course of course but like You can't say that, too, because you're going to risk burning a source somewhere along the way. So it's like, it's usually the only good scenario is when I can talk about it, when someone's giving me the ability to, and then I can be proven right. And like, that is a very rare and difficult scenario. So most of the time, it's like, all right, well, this is going to inform my ability to cover this at some point. I'm going to be ready when they do announce this thing to have like some quotes available or, you know, just. In my mind, I know this is going to happen, so I clear out this 2 o'clock period of whatever and be able to, like, have it written up.
0: I had a nightmare last night, which is rare, uh, but a nightmare, and what it was is that it was Games Daily. We had a guest on. She was fictionalized. She was a VR reporter. And I asked her, like, All right cool and what have you been what have you been playing and she's like well i've been playing these two games but i've been playing these other two games uh in vr that are embargoed and i we talked about the other two games and then i was like let me guess one of the other ones and i went bioshock this is all made up by the way bioshock obviously it's a nightmare (laughs) bioshock and she's like yeah but isn't it embargoed like i was like oh i was guessing like i didn't really and we were live so it was like this thing that she blew the embargo and like i was like hadn't that been announced and then you know how nightmares work where it's all happening at once and there was all these like. comments in threads on recent era and stuff that were like what well, kind of funny should be held responsible? And I was like, I didn't know, I guessed, but I said didn't guess because I thought of a trailer. And then I like did a search in my email and I found the email that I had blown by, but now nobody's gonna believe me that I didn't know the information. And I'm like, I just ruined this woman's career. I've ruined her reputation. There's no way to do this. It was just like, oh my God. And like, that is what it's like to live with off the record information in your head at all times.
1: There was that thing a couple of like last year where I was like spitballing last of us spoilers. I was like, oh yeah, what if this happens or whatever? Yep. And one of them turned out to be real. And I had not read any spoilers by that yep. point. And people got real mad. Like, why is Imran intentionally spoiling? Because like, I didn't read any of that. I don't know. I'm just guessing.
0: Yeah, I remember that one. I remember that one distinctly. And <laughs> when you're like, this happened, you're like, but I don't know for sure. And everyone's like, oh, God damn it. And you're like, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, the nanobiologist writes into patreon.com/slash/kindoffunnygames to celebrate the final episode of Imran. I guess to cry over the final episode of Imran. We're celebrating Imran, is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, hi guys, I don't have a question, but I do have a note to Imran. By the way, this was a lie. Nanobiologist said this and then wrote in ten questions that I boiled <laughs> down to three and put them all together. Uh, but I do have a note to Imran. Imran, you have been an amazing voice, and I count myself so lucky to have gotten into kind of funny stuff just so just as it introduced just so it introduced me to you and your amazing work. You will surely be missed as you pass on, even if you'll still be on stuff just less. I wish you all the best as you continue to grow and shine as a leader in games media. Thanks again for everything and bringing some sense to all these knuckleheads. Then he had a whole different post he put in there. Number one, who or what was your biggest influence to become a games journalist?
1: Um, So it's a lot of people. Like I remember when Totila was doing the, the MTV blog like I was really, I was really fascinated by like how a mainstream outlet was like covering games that well. So yeah. I that was one of the reasons I kind of jumped into the industry. I remember your stuff back when you were doing like. I remember very sickly like that later review of you like you holding the press <laughs> kit and I'm like, this seems fun. I want to do stuff like this. Ah, uh, let's see, the Matt Casabasina stuff from IGN sixty uh, four. Sure. Oh, like, there's probably a longer list than I can like actually accurately like put out right now, but it's been basically people who are like big from like 2000 and 2009 where they were like, Oh shit. I like, cause that was around the time that I thought, Oh, game journal is just the thing I do on the side. Like it's not going to be a main career. Who the hell makes us a career? It seems impossible. And then I kind of just kind of lucked into it. Like all that stuff I was doing on the side, I ended up building a big portfolio that became a thing that I could show, uh, like people at Game Informer and stuff like that. Like, Hey, can I, like I have all this writing, can I write for you? And I like obviously the game for people were are <laughs> big influences too. I it's no one person I would say it's like a long time period of stuff I was reading and even like old stuff like Nintendo power and things like that of just the fact that this all seemed mystical from the outside of I don't understand how people can do this as a job because it just seems too fun and I'm still kind of at the point of like I don't understand if people can do this as a job because it is really fucking fun why are people paying me for this
0: Andy Cortez is joining the chat Uh, Andy, of course, we are celebrating Imran. What do you have to add?
1: Imran, we're going to love you. I prepared a song for you. Um, (laughs) I prepared a song.
0: We're really going to be sad to not have you here with us anymore. I Mm -hmm. miss seeing you in the studio. I'm going to miss seeing your face. Um, I'll never see you again. It's really, really sad. Yeah. So I prepared a song. I sing along if you know it, Okay.
1: Okay. <clears throat>
0: One sec. Let me just pop this up. Yeah, no, there's no hurry. Don't worry. it's yeah, yeah. fine. Take your time. You are le, you
1: are leaving our shows. We're sad to see you go. Time for us to shed, shed some tears. Last of Us Part Two was game of the year. <laughs> That was that Ron. was
0: happy birthday. That was just yeah. happy birthday. Is no, that, yeah, I,
1: I, I thought I knew the lyrics, but then like kind of veered off towards the end to like some weird untruth things. Okay, I've just,
0: oh, I've just been kind of you know, I've just been it's jazz, Greg. I've just been kind of dabbling and riffing. Uh, on the old. So I'm just double checking because I remember there was a whole thing about how that was copyrighted forever, but it is over <laughs> now, right? Yeah, February 9th, 2016. Hollywood Reporter says Warner Music news pays me. 14 million dollars to end Happy Birthday copyright lawsuit. So we're okay. We're okay. News to yeah. me. News to me. But day. I appreciate you, Last of Us was game of the year. It's a great point. Kind of us all on that
1: one. I love you, Andy. I, I'm sure I'll see you, on you know, on Twitch and stuff. No, but yeah, I'm gonna r- once I drop in the studio and get like the face off surgery. Like to get a new face, you're not even gonna recognize me. Oh shit. Yeah. Oh, wow. You've also man, threatened to just come work there, out man, of the, the office. Bye, <laughs> <laughs> everyone. I love you. Bye.
0: Uh, Nano's number two question What is your favorite and least favorite game of all time?
1: I think favorite is probably Mega Man X, because that was the game that I, like made me understand um, game design. Because I was still a kid and I was like, I didn't, I don't think I ever internalized the fact that people make these things up until then. And I was like, there was an intro tutorial level that like teaches you how to play without actually like using text or anything like that. Sure. it's just like, Oh, I can't get out of this pit unless I know how to wall jump. And that was, when I was like, Oh wait, there's like artistry to this. People make these things in a way that like can be good or bad. Uh, mm, mm. Least favorite. That's, that's a tougher call. Um, I'm sure there's games. I just straight up just hated. And I can't, I try not to think about them too. It's much. an
0: interesting question, yeah. Because when I all the games I didn't like and didn't review well, right? Like they're just like out my head usually. Right, I just toss yeah. them and forget about them and move on. The two fives I've given or whatever.
1: Yeah, like I, I'm positive I've played some just absolute shovelware before, and I can't think like that is a list that is probably entirely too long, and not because I like dislike too many things. It's because I've played a lot of games.
0: Well, I mean, I've read the internet. It seems like you do dislike a lot of things. You know, oh yeah, that's no what the commenters say at least.
1: Turns out I'm extremely negative for liking <laughs> putting Last of Us 2 at 9.
0: I mean, I agree. And number yeah. three from the <laughs> nanobiologist, what do you hope to be doing 10 years from now? The big question.
1: I was actually also talking about this last night. Um, I don't know. Like, I think theoretically, I would want... So there was a time when I was working for Game Informer and I got into it on Twitter with someone. And this someone actually turned out to be a fairly big person. And, Cliff uh, Lisinski I don't remember their exact name, but it was not Cliff Blazinski. But okay. I said something about them that they took very offensively, and they contacted Andy McNamara to say like Hey, I'm like they they need to apologize for this, or I'm going to like I don't know legal action against Game Informer. Sure, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I told Andy like Oh yeah, like I will I'll apologize. I don't that's fine i guess and andy said we don't negotiate with terrorists so let me handle this (laughs) and that was the time that i realized i really want to be an editor-in-chief for a thing Mm. because andy protected his people so well that like i really it made me realize that when you have a team you care about them that you you dive on top of the grenade for them and that made me want to do that too of leading a team to do better be better by example and that's kind of what if 10 years from now i'm like back doing this stuff or back doing uh still doing news editing or whatever i think that'd be fine but i think what i really want to do is i want to lead a team
0: that's an awesome aspiration imran i like that answer quite a bit and as the leader of the kind of funny team it has been uh, my honor and privilege to have you on our staff so thank you so much
1: don't get choked up yeah we got time I said I wasn't going to do this. You know what I mean? I'm used to it.
0: I'm used to having these people. Speaking (laughs) of, let's talk more about Six Days in Fallujah (laughs) for some fucking reason. More on Halo and more on more, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to care about. If you like that, head over to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, where you, of course, can be part of every show with your questions, comments, concerns, squad up, requests, and so much more. Of course, on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, you can also get every episode ad-free. You can get it with the exclusive post-show we do, and you can get so much of our other content, including all the kind of funny stuff ad-free if you go to the gold subscription, but no pressure. Because if you don't have any bucks to toss our way, it's no, I'm sorry, if you don't have any smackers to toss our way, it's (laughs) no big deal. Head over to youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, and podcast services around the globe each and every weekday to get a brand spanking new episode. What's that? President Bones in the twitch.tv slash chat? That's right. Of course, you can go to twitch.tv slash Kinda Funny Games. Watch us record the show live. If you are watching live, you have a special job. Go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kind of funny Games podcast services around the globe each and every weekday. Housekeeping for you. Saturday is a huge day for Kind of Funny, and it keeps getting bigger for some reason. Of course, it'll be the first game for the Wild Aces. That's right. We own a fan-controlled football league team, and we square off against Quavo and Richard Sherman's Glacier Boys tomorrow, uh, 5 p.m. Pacific time on Saturday. You can come watch twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. Snowbike Mike, myself, and I'm sure a cavalcade of characters will be here starting at 4.30 to talk to you about our game plan because, of course, you're voting on all the plays. You're calling all the plays with us and what we're gonna do after we win after we win you can stick around there'll be a live episode of love sex and stuff for valentine's day it'll be a call-in show and if that wasn't enough for you and you didn't want to watch love and sex stuff over on twitch.tv slash jim lee jim lee will be drawing on my playstation 5 at the same time about 6 p.m pacific tomorrow uh and there's a lot of stuff going on so we'll be clicking all over there lots of good stuff going on For now, thank you to our Patreon producers, Graham of Legend, David Mintel, Trent Berry, Blackjack, Louise Aguirre, uh, a.k.a. at 8BitLouise, James Davis, a.k.a. at James Davis Makes, and the Nanobiologist. Today we're brought to you by Amazon Pharmacy and DoorDash, but I'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report.
1: <laughs> Time
0: for some new We got four items on the Roper Report. A uh, baker's dozen. We start on GameSpot.com, where our friend Eddie says, Six Days in Fallujah developer says the U.S. government is not involved with the game. This was a big topic of conversation yesterday, Imran. I'm interested. I saw your tweets about it too. I want to get everything going here. Mm -hmm. But to pick up today's part of the story, just as it did back in 2009, the announcement of the new version of the Iraq war game, Six Days in Fallujah, uh, this week caused a stir online over its subject matter. An FAQ on the game's website contains some responses to questions people might have regarding whether or not the U.S. government is involved if it's being used as a military recruitment mechanic and if the deaths of certain U.S. Marines will be depicted. The U.S. government is not involved in the development of Six Days in Fallujah, the FAQ states, and there are no plans for the game to double as a recruitment tool officially. Quote, the Marines, soldiers, and Iraqi civilians who've helped us participate who helped us participate as private citizens and the game is being financed independently, the page says. People wondered about these points specifically due to the involvement of Peter Tamte, uh, the head of the new publisher, Victura. Uh, Tamte re- previously ran Six Days in Fallujah's original developer, Atomic Games, which also created training simulators for the U.S. military. The company was funded in part by InQtel, uh, the venture capital firm funded by the CIA. Uh, as the FAQ says, man, there's a lot of abbreviations in here. As the <laughs> FAQ says, the new game is financed independently. Also in the FAQ, it states that a portion of the sales from Six Days in Fallujah will be donated to organizations that help service members affected by war. Quote, our focus will be on those whom whom traditional relief efforts are not yet reaching. Marines, soldiers, and civilians who've helped us create the game will be deeply involved in directing these donations, the page says. The FAQ page goes on to state that Six Days in Fallujah will not recreate the death of any specific soldier unless their family gives consent. The game will, however, display video interviews with real service members who speak about their experiences in the war. Six Days in Fallujah is scheduled to release in late 2021 for PS5, Xbox Series X/S, and PC, as well as last-gen consoles. Imran Khan, you've been tweeting about it, you're over there chomping at the, champing at the bit for it, chomping at the bit, whatever you want to say, colloquialisms aside, <laughs> uh, what do you feel about this
1: one? The word officially does a lot of heavy lifting here where it's like, yeah, the government is not involved, involved like, there's not an recruitment deal officially, which is like, okay, I, I don't know what that means. Like, they're saying the government is not in any way funding this. I don't believe them, because like, this is a lot of money to spend on a thing that you're telling me that the government is not in any way footing the bill. Like, you are picking up a dead game on the argument that It is not a recruitment tool. It is not like you're trying to sell it to gamers. Like theoretically, as an educational tool, but they're not really going that far. They're like they're saying this is like going to be a real life thing, telling you about the war crimes in Fallujah. But if you're trying to sell, if you're trying to make a profit on it, and you're saying those profits going to go to charity, then I don't know. This is assuming that video games are not made like this. Video games are not made in this way of. We're going to spend this much money on the possibility of this educational tool being or selling really well. So I don't – I do not entirely believe them that there is no government entity or uh, let's say political action committee with a government agenda that is – Uh, funding this in any way. I would love to see their sheets on that and like the actual proof of that because them just saying the facts are like saying the facts like, oh yeah, the DoD isn't uh, funding this is not quite enough. That's just like one arm of this, like many armed Hydra.
0: Sure 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 and I think it it, correct me if I'm wrong it was you yesterday that tweeted I caught it after games daily and when I was walking porty at some point that you're like this whole conversations moot right until we get that kind of information until we see what the game is till we understand who really is benefiting from it because there's been so many think pieces yesterday you know we used uh, Daniel Ahmad industry analyst went into some of his stuff in the background I think it was in your wrong somebody had linked us to that and then uh, uh, Liana Rupert over at Game Informer she had quote tweeted it and then given her thing as a veteran talking about her thoughts on it which was like i'm not opposed to this 100 if it's done well and yada yada but then on top of that i think even this uh, GameSpot article it might have been ign's article had stuff from uh jamie Greesmire, who's one of the people working on the game responding to a veteran talking about like i this is gonna i you know have ptsd there's no way i could play this and jamie being like i understand that and do whatever's right for you but we think some stories deserve to be told in video games like what it's is is it the subject material you think Imran? Is it that thing that we're too close to this war, too close to this battle? We're too worried about it being, you know, uh, the actual atrocities of it being painted over and the U.S. made to look like it? there's. I don't. For me, it's so hard to separate what one problem we're worried about because there's so many things that could go wrong, but we won't know till we play it.
1: Okay, so there's like a couple of like. If you want to like pull the camera lens out, one of the problems is why can't we just like. Call an like a society audible and say, like, oh, yeah, the Iraq war was just overall fucked up. Like, there was no good part of it because it was a war that should not have happened for any reason. Like, we can do World War II stuff because you can make the like, you can easily make the argument that that was a moral imperative, that, that we had to get involved. Because good versus one, evil. Yeah. We were attacked and there was an actual like Holocaust going on. The argument for Iraq war is there. It might have been bad, but we had no good reason to go in there. And there was, like, the moral imperative was a side, a, a side thing to the fact that, like, we wanted oil and we wanted to control the, the country. And, like, this is not, as it was in 2003, a controversial statement. This is what actually happened. We've, we've talked to the people who, like, orchestrated it. We've talked to the people who, like, you know, were a part of it. Why, cannot we just, why can't we just say, like, the valorizing of the Iraqi war misses the fact that, like, we went over there and we killed a whole bunch of people for no fucking good reason. And like that is one of the things of when you make a video game and you're selling it for 60, 70 dollars, and you're um, actively trying to make it fun. Which is what I'm going to guess this game is going to be like. What, regardless of the video interviews and all that, I'm assuming at the end of the day they're going to try and make like a gameplay loop that is engaging and compelling, which is going to be very difficult for a game that, again, about war crimes. I, I also kind of take a little bit of exception to the fact that like we talk to Iraqi civilians. We we've showed both sides of this, which is like no you. You can't have because the people who are probably who probably feel the most strongly about it. One, probably don't talk to a bunch of Americans coming into the country to ask them about a thing that happened a decade ago or two died in that thing. And mm-hmm. they're like literally there is a a soccer stadium in Fallujah that they had to use as a mass grave because like there were just so many dead bodies there. What is going to like do they show that in that video game? And if so, there's no good way to do that. You were talking last yesterday about this war is mine, and I think this. Wait, not this war is mine. Um,
0: Valiant the, Hearts.
1: Valiant Hearts. Sorry. Yeah. Like, I think we are far enough away from Valiant Hearts, and also dissociated enough from it as it a, is as a, as a society to be able to like look at that as an uh, dr- a dramatization of an educational tool, and I think that makes sense. But I think like I was. V- in high school and beyond when Iraq, the Iraq war happened, like it is still not entirely not happening. Like there are still repercussions and ripples and all that stuff having on there. If you, if you said Ken Burns is doing a documentary about the Iraq war, I'm like, okay, yeah, I will watch that. But if you told me Activision is going to like make a thing about the Iraq war, you're like, no, they can't do that. Well, because it's not that video games aren't there. It's that capitalism is not there.
0: Sure. And that's, I think, what you come down to, even to compare it to Valiant Hearts, right? If if this was being approached as Valiant Hearts was being approached, then even I'd I'd have less of a, okay, cool, you're going to teach me something. You're going to tell me something. I'm going to play as an Iraqi civilian. I'm going to play play as this, right? Because if you didn't play Valiant Hearts, Valiant Hearts wasn't about combat. This is a first-person shooter, right? Like, that's what we're talking about. And, like, I'm painting with a broad brush, of course. I just, that's, you know, Call of Duty and being behind a gun isn't the best storytelling mechanism for like something this serious and to get in there and do this. And so like, even to what you're talking about, like I, I want to see games obviously push boundaries and explore different things and, you know, expand our, uh, uh, definition of what a game can be. But is that what this is going to do? And again, like, I don't think it shouldn't exist. Of course I have no, I'm not a veteran and I didn't lose anybody in the Iraq war. So, you know, my opinion is very specific. Um, but it is that question of, is that actually going to come through and if it is what you were like because what gets me excited about this game and I, and I say in the lowest of you know the smallest of excitement is the idea of these interviews in the documentary stuff i would be down to watch a documentary more than I, i'm excited to play a game so then am i playing very specific situations in the game and then is it going to be enjoyable at all and i don't mean enjoyable. I mean like fun games don't have to be fun we've talked about this before and we've had this ongoing debate yeah. if games have to be fun but like is the gameplay mechanic going to be walking to a very specific thing and shooting a very specific person or thing or interacting with whatever. And if it is point A to point B, is that gameplay loop like you're talking about engaging at all? Or is this, this ham fisted, we're trying to give you all the information that should have been in a documentary, but in a game and have you do this. And how do you wrestle with those two sides of the coin of having something very serious told to you if it is, if it's what they're saying, it is people's, Hey first hand account of what went happened here, what went wrong, who I lost, and then how do you switch from something that serious to then playing it, right? like
1: yeah, it, like it's not impossible, but it's hard. Are we going to go from a video of somebody describing their father being laid in a mass grave to okay, here's the waypoint to the next area like yeah. is that going to be what this game is? And if so, like I don't find that offensive from a subject matter standpoint. What I do find it offensive is like. Why did you think this pair? Like the the lack of artistry in trying to pair this thing together. Of like, if this game does it well, great. Sure. Like, I, I will be interested to see if they actually confront the fact that like this is a U.S.-led war crime into it in a city that then they're. And I'm not convinced by the trailer that are actually doing this perspective. But like that, the Iraqi people were actually the victims here. But if it doesn't do it well, it sets the medium back. Like if mm-hmm. we if we can't. Like if they ever try to do something that, you know, speaks to people on an emotional level about war and like an actual real life war again, there's going to be people who point to Six Days Infusion and go like, yeah, we tried this. It didn't work. And I am I'm going to be I I I mentioned it a second ago, but like the trailer is what got me. The trailer is what like. Oh, you're you can say all these pretty words, but this is the way you're dressing it up. This is the way you're choosing to present this. So, if this is the way you're going to show this to me, this is not behind like a big publisher that doesn't understand the game. They're like publishing this independently. Like, if this is the way you're choosing to present it as an America first, we're we're actually saving Iraq from Al Qaeda kind of thing. Then, like, fuck off. This is not what. Ha- this is not what happened. This is not a valid perspective to sh- like present this game as because it is just like. It's like trying to present the t- To Kill a Mockingbird as a story about how big costumes prevent you from being stabbed. No, it's a story about racism. Like, it, trying to just cut off part of it to show, like, the one point you want to make is not sending a message. It's propaganda. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's going to be interesting. You know what I mean? It, it, you know, it, we'll see. We'll just see what happens when we get there. We can talk in circles about a bunch of hypotheticals and stuff. We won't have to wait long, yeah. apparently, late 2021 for this, and I'm sure we'll see more of it. Even uh, Liana, and I'm saying that right, right, Liana? Rupert, I've never actually talked right. to her. I like her I work so. a lot. She yeah. mentioned you know, uh, her first tweet that kicked it off yesterday. I have more to talk about. on. She's quote-tweeting Daniel Ahmad's thread. I have more to talk about this at a late... Can say that there is so much more to it than this and uh, that what they are doing to educate could save lives because when I was AD, uh, I saw a lot of COD glorification that got people killed. It's not a cash grab period. Then she puts embargo period. So apparently we won't have to wait long to see what people uh, what the content of six days in Fallujah is and we'll go from there. For now, let's move on to space combat. We're going to talk about Halo. There was a big old dump of Halo information. Uh, They put up another one of their big old blog posts over there. So I let, uh, well, who am I letting out here? I'm letting uh, Eddie over at GameSpot and uh, Jordan Oleman at IGN talk to you about it. Let's start with Jordan at IGN. Halo Wars 3 ain't happening. Uh, 343 Studios has confirmed that it is not working on another Halo Wars game. After job listings suggested an unannounced Halo project is in the works, the announcement leaves open speculation about a less expected spinoff. In this week's Halo Community Update, the 34- 343 team was clear about the future of the Halo Wars subseries. Quote, 343 Industries has no current plans for further Halo Wars 2 work, meaning that now you're done with Halo Wars 2, uh, including content updates, balance patches, bringing the title to other platforms, or a new game in the series. Dot, dot, dot. There is no plan for the development team to re-engage with Halo Wars 2, and we aren't working on a new game in the series at this time. End quote. However, if you're a fan, uh, there was a glimmer of hope. Quote, we're specifically never going to say never because, well, who knows what the future may bring, end quote. This is especially interesting given that we, this is IGN Jordan, reported on a job listing earlier in the week. That blessing reported on earlier this week (laughs) at Kind of Funny Games Daily. That suggested there was a, quote, new project in the Halo universe in development. A project many took to mean a Halo Wars 3 was on the way. With that possibility now closed, speculation is more open. Perhaps the team is moving on to a new spinoff or a separate Halo game as the rest of the studio wraps up work on Halo Infinite. Previous unconfirmed rumors suggested that there could be a spinoff in the works focusing on Halo 5's Fireteam Osiris. As for what we'd like to see, uh, what about a Halo horror game? Officially, the blog post claims that the talent behind Halo Wars is shifting into... I'm sorry, is shifting its focus onto supporting the Master Chief collection, quote, and plenty of ongoing work to support the Halo franchise, end quote. There's also the small matter of Halo Infinite, which is set to come out later this year in fall 2021, quote, the majority of the studio is incredibly focused working towards Halo Infinite's launch, parentheses, and you may have also heard launch is only the beginning and parentheses, the blog post reads, uh, we'll bring you more as we learn it. Imran, what is this spinoff going to be? What is happening here?
1: So I also assumed it was going to be Halo Wars 3. So the fact that it's not actually is more exciting because like Halo Wars is fine. It's not my Mm -hmm. cup of tea, but like, you know, if you're into
0: it, it, you're into it. That's what Halo Wars is, right? Yeah.
1: But like, I like the fact that Microsoft can take their properties, like, say, Gears of War and say, like, what if we just made a tactical XCOM style game out of it? Like, I don't know how well that game did commercially, but like, it's cool that they can do stuff like that. The fact that there, it's not Halo Wars 3, it could mean it could be anything. It could be, like... Well, now that I say that, like, my... Th- the idea behind Halo Infinite, right, is that, like, you were going to make a Halo game that lasts forever. So, theoretically, if the uh, the multiplayer is always free, what if they had, like, a quote-unquote new Halo games, like they dropped the New Gears campaign, of, like, here's just a new thing that if you have Game Pass, you can just start playing. Like, a new Halo campaign just dropped every couple of years sure i think that would be the smart way to like make new halo games quote unquote but also keep the keep the franchise fresh and people who are not necessarily big on halo uh multiplayer but do love the single player like just keep them interested without just inundating them in spinoffs they might not necessarily care about
0: yeah that's the interesting thing of you know halo infinite as we've talked about so much and as you've seen with this delay right needs to fucking rock Mm -hmm. And I think that that needs to come out and reestablish what Halo is and why it's a must play and why you need to have an Xbox or at least Game Pass to be a part of it. And so I think of that as like, you know, when you're trying to kindle a fire and it's super small right now, and you don't want to oversaturate it, right? And you also don't want to, if you're working on a new spinoff or something to that effect in the Halo universe, you don't want to take a bet now on what you think is going to be a hit then and then start making that game and then get to Halo Infinite and find out that, oh, this other mode, this other thing is what people are really into, and then you have a game cooking that nobody wants.
1: Yeah. like that, that was a, super stuff. That was the Call of Duty thing for a while of like, one team really wanted to focus on zombies and the other teams didn't. And, like, it became a weird thing where you didn't know what Call of Duty was going to be like consistently year to year. I I would hope that if they do, if they start getting, like, weird and experimental with Halo, it's, like, Halo character action game. Halo, like, I, I don't know if this is just because the names sound similar, but in my head, the idea of, like, a Halo-style Hades, or Hades-style Halo game popped into my head. and like, oh, that would be a neat thing to just, like, try out. Or like anything for them to do and see where that goes. It's like, it's a big universe and they focus on such a small part of it in terms of genre. Like obviously Halo Wars, a weird, not a weird spin-off, but a spinoff. Unexpected you would not when, it when it first
0: happened. When it first happened, Halo Wars, you're like, what the hell is this?
1: Yeah, but like, that's what I'm saying. They If they focus on more than just like that one part of Halo. Like 3, four, um, I'm sorry, what was the name? ODST. ODST mm-hmm. is a... Kind of detective noir ish version of Halo. What if you just went further into that, you know, that genre, that idea of what if we made a Halo that was more investigative than shooty? Like, those are the kind of things I would love to see them do. Like, I assume that this is going to be like, actually, this is just about Halo Infinite, but if they did go further off the reservation, I would, I want to see them get weird with it.
0: It seems you are correct. We have breaking news from the one and only Corey Cudney, the king of gifts in the chat, linking us over to John uh, Junsiak. He's a Halo community manager at 343 who tweets uh, to the guy Luke who pulled this up of like, hey, they're hiring for a new thing. Uh, hey, Luke, I did some digging, was able to confirm that this is for this is a role for Halo Infinite. It's our standard boilerplate language for job listings. We saw the same attention on a post last summer uh, before we confirmed it was Infinite as well. So yes, they are apparently hiring up for more Halo Infinite infinite stuff but like you're saying does that mean the game we're talking about launching into the fall or does that mean how you support it going forward and if that cool campaign idea you had
1: yeah i doubt 343 will spend the next like generation solely on halo infinite i bet there's more there somewhere and i bet at some point the halo infinite team gets moved to a different thing so i mean obviously halo but like <laughs> I, <laughs> I i would love to see like once halo infinite is set you theoretically do not have to make a halo 6 or what? Or Halo Seven, or whatever it's called. Do you, you can make oh, a. Sorry. You can make a new idea with with that universe.
0: Do you think that like is it a platform? Is it Halo as a platform? Then do you think like how 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 realistic do you think your idea of just dropping a campaign is, or something like that?
1: I think you would want to make Halo Infinite a platform. Similar to the way they were already kind of testing that idea with Master Chief Collection, sure. of like, let's let's put out five games and let's update the granted they did a lot of updating because it was broken, but like let's put out five games and let's like update them as they come out. And I think Gears is the, the good example of showing like what they think a platform means for a single player multiplayer game split. Like all the attention of that game has not been on multiplayer. It has been Hive Busters did just come out to a surprisingly little t- conversation. But I think once you do establish that with Halo Infinite and say like, hey, here's our plans, here's what we're going to do, let's, let's think of this as kind of like a Destiny-style expansion more than just like a, you know, here's our new update kind of thing, then I think you do create that platform that can run for the remainder of the generation or even past it. Like, I think the thing to look to is If you, if Epic got more ambitious with Fortnite and they started saying like, okay, we're putting new save the world campaigns or we're putting an entirely new like single, we're putting a single player Fortnite campaign with a story in here too. They don't do that because the money's not there for Fortnite specifically, but I think the money would be there for Halo. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of money in Halo we still have more bullet points to talk about Uh, we have a new way to play clarification for uh, the Master Chief Collection this is Eddie at GameSpot Uh, Halo the Master Chief Collection developer 343 recently stated that the game would have quote a new place and new way to play soon prompting speculation uh, that the game might be releasing on a new platform or store however that doesn't appear to be the case in a new blog post the studio clarified that this new way to play is not that exciting but it's still a big deal for Master Chief Collection this new way to play is actually a custom game browser that is expected to go live for testers uh, as soon as February uh, Yeah, February 18th. Thursday, February 18th. Uh, the custom game browser is one of Master Chief Collection's most anticipated features, and it's been in the works for a long time, so it's satisfying to know it's almost here. As the name suggests, this will allow players to select a custom game and hop into it, which is a nice option to have, considering the immense creativity and passion of the Halo community uh, that has created some fantastic maps and modes.
1: I am baffled they're still working on Magic Collection. Like I know I just said they tried to make that a platform, but like I kinda wonder if that game were not like broken at launch, do you think it would just have been like, all right, it's out, and now we're gonna go work at Halo Six? Like, would they still be working on it today? I would think
0: so. Like, that was such an anticipated thing and then such a letdown. You're, I'll never forget being at IGN, and I think it was on a game scoop, but it might have been even, like, on a one-off video series of your most anticipated game. And I remember Justin Davis being like, once this drops, this is all I'm going to play. Like, this will be, dominate my life. I was like, oh, that's awesome. And it dropped, and it was so fucked up. And it, and it was that thing where it was fucked up forever. like I, I, You know, even when I think it's done, somebody will point out something else that's broken about it. And I again, I'm not keeping my uh, finger on the pulse of it, so it might it might be way fine and totally fixed now. But it feels like every time it comes up in conversation, something's going on with it. And so yeah, I I don't know at what point they pivoted and were like, all right, cool, let's put a lot of resources in this. And then the goalposts on when the next Halo was going to be there kept moving out, so they kept supporting and doing things here.
1: Yeah, like when I say like custom game browser is like a most anticipated feature, I'm like, I remember the Xbox One reveal for this game at E3 years ago. Like, are we getting to most anticipated features now? And, like, this is not to say, like, oh, they fucked up. I can't believe how long it's taking them for these things. It's more, like, amazement that they're, like, they're following through so Yeah, much they're still on delivering
0: this. on it, right? Yeah, I don't think it's an insult in terms of what they're doing. Yeah, it's more of, like, hey, it's cool. You're still supporting it. You're still out there. Yeah. games Making games are hard. We understand that. You know what I mean? Talk to the Stadia team and all their promises that are still coming.
1: <laughs> and I'm hoping Halo Infinite, like, has a a softer landing because of they learned so much from the way Master Chief Collection just sort of came out and wasn't great.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's also why they understand they can't fuck this up. Yeah. And they also understand, of course, they need to be established. I think, you know, uh, again, I'm no Halo historian, but 343's Halo games haven't been met with the most fanfare. And I think that they need to come out here and establish that this is Halo going forward. We understand what you want from it and we want it to be back on top of the Microsoft pyramid and have you be excited about it.
1: Halo was at one point like what you associated video games with, like, there was a point where Master Chief was more recognizable than Mario. That is a long time ago. We'll see if they can ever get, I doubt they'll ever get back to that, but if they can never get back to the top of the Microsoft pyramid at least
0: your next Halo tidbit is Halo 3 is getting a new map a decade later. This is Zach Zuizan over at Kotaku. Uh, Halo 3 received its last official map all the way back in 2009 as part of the Mythic 2 Map Pack release. Now 343 Industries has announced that a new map first featured in Halo Online will be added to the next round of Master Chief Collection beta testing. In a blog post released today on Halo Waypoint, 343 announced a new round of flighting uh, for the Master Chief Collection. This is back to what we're talking about, right? This thing Keeps getting updated. Flighting is a series of uh, limited beta tests for certain players. It's how thir- 343 tests out new upcoming features and changes. 343 says uh, that the new round of beta testing, which will include the new Halo 3 map, could start as soon as February 18th. Uh, th- that's the same time as the custom uh, game thing we just talked about. This new map comes out of Halo Online, a now shuttered online-only spin on Halo developed by Saber Interactive built with a modified version of the Halo 3 engine. Released only in Russia in 2015 via a closed beta and no longer updated, fans have attempted to mod Halo Online and make it playable worldwide, but Microsoft has pushed back against these efforts. Many fans have also asked about bringing Halo Online maps into Master Chief Collection, and now 343 has gone and done it. Based on a screenshot included in the post, the new map looks like a human military base located in some icy glaciers. While 343 says this will be, quote, a new map for Halo 3 from Halo Online, looking at Halo Online maps, it doesn't quite match any of the maps that appeared in the Shuttered game. It also doesn't look quite like any of the supposedly canceled maps that were never added to Halo Online before its shutdown however the url and the screen i'm sorry the url for the screenshot included in the blog post mentions the name waterfall which is a cancelled halo online map that featured some icy concept art still what map this actually is remains a mystery Uh, but getting a new map for one of the best shooters ever made is exciting i hate figuring out the sentences i go you know what i mean where i'm like what is (laughs) oh that's what he was trying to say oh fuck, i fucked it up
1: (laughs) this this whole thing is cool i i I wish more developers would, Granted, again, Master Chief Collection, a unique experience to, like, create and develop over many years. But I wish, like, more developers would go, like, that thing we didn't use, or that thing that was, like, somebody else made but is technically tied to our license, what if we in- incorporated that into our game? Like, it's so rare for, like, for people to be able to do stuff like that, that it's nice that they they can look at this stuff and go, okay, yeah, why not? Why not? In- uh, meld the stuff together a little bit better or a little bit more smoothly yeah. so people can just get the best experience they you know we can give them
0: yeah again this is goes it literally what we were just talking about it's it's rad that they are still looking at that and supporting that and that's the you know about if you're dealing with a franchise as big as halo right and you push halo infinite the way you had to push halo infinite it's interesting and Commendable, I think, that you see them still spinning the plates on Master Chief Collection to keep this ravenous Halo fan base excited, engaged, and still coming back to Master Chief Collection.
1: Yeah, I mean, Halo has taken a lot of hits over the last couple of years, so maybe like there is a, I mean, obviously there is a marketing perspective of we need to make sure people don't dislike Halo before the next game comes out. One hundred percent. like four and five, depending on who you talk to, may be disappointing. Master Chief Collection was kind of broken. Halo Infinite was like. Had such a backlash at lo- or at reveal, they were like, "Oh, we gotta, we gotta put this thing back in the oven." So like, I think 2021 could definitely be the year where they go, "Yes, we're we're back." we like, we may not be Bungie, but we've got our hands on this series. Like, we got both hands on it now. So I I filled with hope, to, hope and optimism for them. They have a very tough uphill battle.
0: They sure do, and we will see again this year how that actually nets out for three, four, three with the release of Halo Infinite. But for now, I'll remind you about patreon.com slash kind of funny games. You can go there to be part of the show with your questions, comments, concerns, squad up requests and more. Of course, you can get the post show we do each and every weekday. But more important for right now, you can go there to get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, Gregway, you aren't watching on patreon.com slash kind of funny games. So let me tell you about Amazon Pharmacy. Chances are you use Amazon. But have you used Amazon Pharmacy yet? That's right. Prescriptions delivered to your door by Amazon, just like the TP and Funko Pops you're probably already ordering. It saves you time and keeps you out of the waiting line of the pharmacy. It's easy. Have your doctor's office send your next prescription straight to Amazon pharmacy. You can use your insurance. Amazon pharmacy works with most insurance plans nationwide. Amazon prime members get free two day delivery and save on prescription medication when paying without insurance. Tim needed some medication over the holidays and he used Amazon pharmacy and he said, quote, it's easy as hell. Amazon prime members can save on prescription medication when not using insurance and get free two-day delivery. Learn more at Amazon.com slash GamesRx. That's A-M-A-Z-O-N dot com slash GamesRx. Amazon.com slash GamesRx. Up, up next is DoorDash. Dinner? Check. Deodorant? Check. Even though we learned today in the pre-show Imran not wearing deodorant. Doesn't wear it because he's just sitting there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who, who's uh, gonna smell no, me? There's
1: no pre-show. There's no pre-show. Well,
0: you know what I mean. The, I mean the lead up to the... Shut up, Kevin. Uh, morning <laughs> pick me up from Dunkin' Donuts? Check. Get... Everything you need whenever you need it with DoorDash. DoorDash connects you with the restaurants you love right now and right to your door. And now you can get the grocery essentials you need with DoorDash too. Get drinks, snacks, and other household items delivered to you in just under an hour. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want, where you from where you want, and your items will be left safely outside your door with the contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Australia, and now Canada, you can support your neighborhood go-to's or choose from a favorite national restaurant chain like Popeye's, Chipotle, and Cheesecake Factory. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code GAMES2021. For our Canadian listeners, use the code GAMESCA. That's 25% off up to a $10 value and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code GAMES2021 in the U.S. and GAMESCA in Canada. Don't forget, that's code GAMES2021 or GAMESCA for 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Subject to change. Terms apply. Believe it or not number three on the roper report <laughs> destiny's Christ. cosmodrome ain't getting bigger this is ethan gotcha over kataku uh bungie announced yesterday that destiny 2's partial cosmodrome uh which was brought over from the first game last november won't be expanding to reach its original size and scope the studio says it's part of the trade-off to focus on making new content Excluding the lands area added by the Destiny 1's Rise of Iron expansion, Destiny 2's Cosmodrome is currently about half the size of the one from the first game. Back when Bungie first revealed its new vaulting system, by which old areas and missions from both games would be cycled in and out of Destiny 2 on a rolling basis, the studio had said the returning Cosmodrome would quote, be fleshed out roughly uh, Destiny 1 Year 1 parody. Uh, that's what players expected to happen when the Devil's Lair and Fallen Saber strikes were added at the start of this week's Season of the Chosen, uh, since those strikes encompass areas not currently reachable uh, while just wandering around the Cosmodrome in patrols. Bungie now says that won't be the case. Quote, We failed to properly up- update your expectations for how far the Cosmodrome experience was going to be extended, and that was a mistake, the development team wrote in last this week's blog post. So, to clear things up, With the Devil's Lair and Fallen Saber Strikes returning, we don't have any active plans to add more to the Cosmodrome uh, than uh, what is there, and we'll be focusing on the new updates overall. As we approached Beyond Light's launch, it became clear to us that we had to make a choice. After returning all three of its original strikes, do we invest more time and resources in bringing Cosmodrome to Destiny 1 parody, or do we switch our focus to building new experiences for Year 4 and beyond? Beyond the development team Ron again uh given that we believed we had achieved our original goals and and team's desire for new content we chose the latter option and fran rejoiced i don't even know you know what i mean like whatever
1: if you don't know anything about destiny this entire story is just like like a a brain explosion of proper nouns that just makes zero like i was trying to follow along Frank, i really was <laughs> but like so like listen that's what players expected to happen when the devil's layer all in caps yeah, and yeah. fallen saber uh, as an acronym strikes fallen S A B E R strikes were added to the start of this week's season of the chosen since those strikes encompass areas currently not currently reachable while just wandering around the cosmodrome in patrols like i know all those words separately but together, I just, I I don't. I don't know what it says.
0: That's when I, as a, you know, whatever stupid game as a service, I play DC Universe Online, Avengers, Division 2. Tip my hat. I have no fucking idea, but I wanted to keep you posted, <laughs> Destiny 2, people. <laughs> like In the chat, Kucho, uh, Kuchoko uh, says, I play Destiny, and I don't understand what's going on half the time. I just shoot stuff and get guns.
1: It said uh, that that image of, like, I'm, I'm not reading all that. I'm glad for you, though. Or yeah, yeah, sorry yeah. that happened
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly i think you know it's what we always talk about of communication right and i think you know uh, uh Bungie here we failed to properly update your expectations i think that's all they need to say and they get out there and go i have no idea if it's being well received poorly received whatever but anybody who plays any game as a service just wants to know what's going on and if you're a developer just do that tell them yeah. what's happening
1: i'm sure if this was a game i played i'd be like hell yeah Final. Yeah,
0: exactly yeah exactly you'd be stoked about it right now <laughs> you're just like all right cool the cosmic is not as big i don't it sounds yeah. like uh, what was uh, Kevin, uh, Shredder, and Krang? They had the Techno
1: Technodrome. That's it, the Technodrome. You yes. nailed it. Wow. That was Smart a cool kid. thing. Got that Smart for kid. Easter. Got that yeah. as an Easter gift. Oh, oh that's a big good gift. gift. That's good a big gift.
0: I was thinking, Ron,
1: a friend of mine had it, but like broke it immediately. Like, because I remember it opened up. And like yeah. you, like the hinges on it were like just super fucking weak. C- crappy plastic, yeah. yeah. You know they know what they're doing. Uh,
0: fourth and final on the Roper Report: Hackers claim to have sold that Cyberpunk 2077 Witcher 3 source code that was stolen. Uh, this is James Bachelor at GamesIndustry.biz, a site that's a shadow of itself without Rebecca Valentine. Uh, the data stolen from Cyberpunk 2077 developers CD Projekt Red has reportedly been sold. Cyber intelligence firm Kella, uh, yeah, Kella awesome. yeah. uh, shared an image from the forums where the hackers were auctioning off the source code. For several of the studio's games in which the group claims to have accepted an offer for the compromised data. The post states the auction is closed, adding, quote, an offer was received outside the forum that satisfied us with the conditions of further non-distribution in this regard. uh, They were forced to withdraw the lot from the sale, Uh, spelled in context, quote. According to an earlier post shared by VX Underground, which collects malware source code, samples, and papers, the hackers claim to be selling full source code for Cyberpunk 2077, Thronebreaker, and The Witcher 3, including an unreleased version uh, featuring ray tracing. Uh, the group was asking for a starting bid of $1 million, with a minimum offer increase of f- half a million dollars, uh, or the option to purchase immediately for $7 million. It is unclear how much money the hackers accepted. Earlier this week, it was revealed that CD Projekt Red had been the victim of a ransomware attack with an unidentified actor claiming to have stolen the source code uh, for the aforementioned games, as well as internal documents relating to accounting, legal, HR, and more. The hackers gave the studio 48 hours to contact them before it would auction off the data. But CD project red released a statement asserting that it would quote, not give into the demands nor negotiate with the actor being aware that this may eventually lead to the release of the compromised data. End quote. The studio emphasized that the personal data of the players has not been compromised. It is working with authorities to investigate the attack. Imran, you added this one in here.
1: Yeah, I was trying to figure out yesterday what benefit does anyone who buys the source code really get from it.
0: Thank you. I was hoping you would know because I, you know, there's, I know you're smarter than me, especially when it comes to the business side of games and all that stuff. And so when I saw this, I'm like, who the fuck would? Why? Why would anybody want the source code for a game? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're gonna data mine it and find some stuff. You're gonna put it out. I don't. What are you gonna do with it? What's the point of this?
1: The only things I can think of are, so I, w- I was actually talking to some coders and stuff like that of, like, what, what is the actual, like, benefit for this. Someone suggested they bought it real cheap. Like, so the hacker firm doesn't actually say how much it costs. So, like, they could have gotten it for, like, under the asking price by quite a bit. Who knows? And then they plan to sell it back to CD Project Red of saying, like, hey, we'll just destroy this if you give us enough money. So, like, maybe that's the plan. The other thing I could think of is that, like, they're thinking there must be something. CD Project Red broke in those in that source code because, like, was, this source code would be readable without a machine. Like, you would actually look at it and see like what new tech they were working with. They didn't find a application for or stuff like that. And like, they hope to find something there that is not like legally actionable. You could never prove that. Oh, this is a, they got this somehow from this old source code. That would be they could then copyright or not maybe not copyright, but like sell to someone else. Sure. So that those are the only things I can imagine. But otherwise it seems like just such a waste of money. Colossal I guess a waste of money. Yeah, I would for think, an illegal yeah. thing.
0: But this, like, you know, I don't know the dark web. I don't know hackers. I leave all that to Kevin. So like you know, I don't <laughs> know what you're doing over there. I'm just excited to be on the internet tweeting. So whatever. Yeah you know. Enjoy. I, I yeah, I don't I mean clearly it matters to some people. I don't, you know, go ahead and make your witcher a knockoff. I don't know what the hell you're gonna do.
1: I guess if it mattered enough, they would have just paid it. Like well, Su Red would have paid it. So it didn't matter that much. But yeah, it's
0: more the embarrassment, right, of, like, uh, being another thing. And, like, you know, you would remember the whole fucking, like, 12-year-old, uh, your, your reputation is going to go down the shitter even more. Like, all right, whatever.
1: Well, I mean, like, fun. what happened with Capcom a couple of months ago was, like, that was pretty bad for them because it did, yeah. like, they didn't lose employee data, which is the bigger problem. And also, yeah. like, they lost the months of publishing and stuff like that. Right. So I think that people are a little emboldened now of the fact that, like, the Capcom stuff got reported on. It got, like, actual yeah. major news traction. So maybe these... Uh, I'm trying to think of a word, but, like, these thieves were, out, like, now thinking, oh, well, this works, so why don't we just keep doing it more? So I don't think... I doubt CDPR will be the last one.
0: Yeah, I really it's doubt a shitty it situation. Really I on. hope, you know, CD Project Red's been, you know, saying that they think their employees are protected or whatever, but make sure they have their fraud alerts on and stuff like that. That's the thing that sucks the most about it, is it seems like it's really at least in some level of response to cyberpunk being disappointing right and trying to really kick cd project red while they're down understandably down and justifiably down because they fucked up and lied to everybody but like i you hate it i don't want to think about the developers who have to deal with all this shit now or whatever yeah. that, getting docs and have their information out there this you know what? i just don't fault. i don't want to think about it at all all right <laughs> i don't want to think about it at all fall 2021 is so far away if i wanted something more immediate imran where would i go to learn what's at the mom and grop shops
1: <laughs> the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the kind of funny games that we show host each and every weekday. Yeah. yeah. Thank you,
0: Kevin. Uh, out today, Endurance Space Action is on Xbox One. Rover Wars Battle for Mars is on Xbox One. Galgun Returns is on Switch and PC. Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury is on Switch. Halloween Forever is on Switch. I'm excited about that. I don't know what it is, but now I'm excited. Uh, number one crossword, because I'm the Halloween king, if you did not know, uh, number yeah. one Crosswords uh, is on Switch. Ultra Goodness 2 is on Switch. Speedway Bundle Stock and Truck is on Switch. Uh, MosaQ? MosaQ? Uh, Neko Waifu's 4 is out today on Steam. saigonus uh, Pizza Race Season 2 is out today on Steam. And Vox Pop uh, Dragonborn is out on Steam. Uh, GameSpot reports uh, another special Max Raid event is now underway in Pokemon Sword and Shield. Uh, from now until February 14th, Milsuri will appear in Max Raid dens much more frequently than usual. And you'll have a chance to encounter a shiny Milsuri in five star Max Raids. And then also, if you missed it yesterday, the Tron outfits are out in Fortnite. New dates for you, uh, and no too. Return of the uh, Return of Dust, not the Dust. Sorry, is coming to consoles February eighteenth. Casick uh, uh, Jack is coming to Steam on February twentieth, and then Chivalry Two is getting a global launch on June eighth. Imran. Mm -hmm. we ask people watching to go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where of course they can write in with their questions comments concerns and more importantly right now their squad ups where they can give us their name username platform of choice why they need help in a video game we read it here the best friends come and find you and everybody plays games together of course today is a squad up success story of you imran khan Uh, of course i Remember being so intimidated to talk to you and meet you because I had read so much of your stuff and I knew how smart you were and I would see you on Reset Era and everything else. That when we started bringing you on the shows, it was always this terror inside me that I was going to say something completely stupid or off base and you would just destroy me. And of course, you have never done that. Thank you very much. I know there's plenty of times you probably could have, uh, but you have been such an amazing addition to Kind of Funny. And you know, I can't thank you enough for the two years you've given us. Like you, you know heightened our content, you've uh brought us, I think, to more interesting discussions. You, you know, as I definitely have seen on the subreddit, right? You play a lot of different games than us. And so people love that so much on Games Cast and stuff like that. But, you know, you're always uh I remember distinctly like, you know, obviously character moments of from you know us hanging out and becoming friends and you know becoming more than just industry peers or whatever. But it was uh you know one time where uh Fran overslept and I was at Sony I think to see whatever and I had to like hit you up and be like Hey, are you awake? Can you jump on this show? And you're like, yeah. Let me brush my teeth. And like that was the yeah. That's been the kind of friend and uh, kind of funny employee you've been. Where if I if any of us need something, you are there in the minute. Even when we don't think to ask you, like you're, you'll be like, hey, I'm gonna jump on this Bloodborne stream. I'm gonna come in. And I'm gonna do this. Uh, you know, you've meshed so well with us, and I think really taken kind of funny to this other level. And I'll never be able to repay you that, for that. So thank you for sharing your talents with us.
1: It's funny you say you were intimidated because I was, like, incredibly intimidated. Like, one of my favorite memories with you was, like, when we were at GDC and, like, there was a party that year that, like, usually I get invited in that year I wasn't for whatever reason. (laughs) Like, you and Jen were, like, arguing with a bouncer to try to get me in. And, like, I I remember laughing my ass off about, like, she was so insistent about trying to get me into that, like, she's like, oh, no, he works for me. I need him into this thing. Yeah. Uh, But... Imran writes in the squad up, and he has this to say. I've had to say goodbye before, but they're never as gut-wrenching as this. I do not exaggerate when I say that you, Greg, Tim, Nick, and everyone at Kind of Funny saved me. I don't just mean financially, though, to be clear, I would have been struggling to survive if not for this. I mean as humans, as friends. You all kept me from going to Dark Place in my life by not letting me. I'll never forget how, an hour after I lost my job at Game Informer, I DM'd you, Greg, and asked if the host position was still available, putting on my bravest face. And the first thing you replied was, first off, are you okay? You all made the classic mistake everyone who ends up with my friendship always makes. You were insistent, and you didn't let me dissociate. You made sure I was always a part of your world, a part of Kinda Funny. It made me realize everything you say about best friends isn't talk or marketing. It's a pretty firm belief in how you see the world. I think that's what makes all this feel a little better, honestly. I know that after we sign off today, whether or not we're ever on camera again, you all are my friends. The months and months I have spent being part of this is something I get, to... I get to take into my next opportunities and into my future friendships, but I have no intention of letting go of these. I wish nothing but the best for KF, both as a business and a group of amazing people. I get to always be proud that I got to be a part of this bright and shining star for at least a little bit. Greg, I met Reb because of you. That feels like more than I could ever ask of anyone in my life, but you have always managed to consistently keep giving for you and everyone. It kind of funny. I thank you from the very bottom of my heart.
0: You're welcome. And we thank you.
1: Thank you.
0: I don't know why, you know, it's always hard, you know what I mean, to say goodbye. But, like, yeah, we're still going to force you on stuff. And I know that, like, when, you, <laughs> when we get the studio and everybody's vaccinated, I know you're just going to come work out of it. So it's like, whatever. <laughs> it doesn't matter. So, yeah, we'll see you more, obviously. And, like, we're still working on getting you on Cast more and doing all this stuff. But, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's uh, always hard to say goodbye like this. And we love you so much, Imran. Thank you for everything you've given us.
1: I love you guys, too.
0: Uh, let's find out what we fucked up of course we ask if you're <laughs> watching live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games to go to kind of slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight I saw this isn't this is speculation but I like it uh after I signed off yesterday when we did the Ratchet and Clank thing and I, I was like everything will be Rosie soon I'm like oh her name's Rosie so many people were like no you idiot it's this uh Aposki wrote in with this and says hello my friends this is a little late since I wasn't here yesterday but it's in regards to the new Ratchet and Clank Greg speculated that the new Lombax's name would be Rosie since the blog post used that wording at the end of their message however I believe it would make more f- sense for her if her name would be Rivet like Rosie the Riveter. Uh this mm. would make more sense because it would be similar to Ratchet's name, and uh, that's a tool or a piece of hardware. Love the show. Keep it up. Uh PSP my Valentine. <laughs> so many people tweeted that at me, and I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm way too dumb. Like that is a great point. Yeah, the Ratchet Rosie doesn't make sense, but Ratchet uh Rivet does make sense. So yeah, no, probably gonna be yep. rivet, yeah.
1: That would be a good pun. Um but, but, but,
0: but, 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 the, uh, Nano says, I missed a new day. Kingdom Hearts series is coming to PC on March 30th. All oh, right, That was breaking as we went off the air yesterday, and I don't think I put it in either places. Yeah. Um, oh, here we go, too. And then, Mean Gar says, not are you're wrong, but Halloween Forever has been on PS4 since October 2018, and it is a gettable, though not easy, super easy, platinum. I will be looking into Halloween Forever when this is done. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is Ben." your final kind of funny games daily of the week. Let's look ahead to next week when Imran is just a ghost to us. (laughs) Uh, Monday, it's going to be Blessing and hopefully Fran. We needed to move something around, and I emailed Fran, but he won't be up probably for another four hours. Uh, Tuesday, it's going to be me and Gary Widow. Wednesday, it's going to be Blessing at Aoye Jr. and Andy Cortez. Thursday, it's going to be me and Tim. Yeah, what What was that now? Blandy. Blandy. Yeah. (laughs) Blandy indeed. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then Friday, it's going to be me with a kind of funny spotlight on Julia Hardy, who hopefully you know uh, from the internet and video game coverage, but you might remember from EA Play, uh, my first EA Play. Uh, She was there as a co-host with me. Uh, If you're watching live on Twitch, of course, right now, uh, we're going to go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames and do the post show. But if you stay here on Twitch uh, or go to youtube.com slash kindoffunnyplays, our Let's Play channel where we put all the Twitch streams up, uh, you're going to get a whole bunch of people playing everybody's golf, including me, and then me and BKD, Big Kev Dog, going to get him out of New York in the division. Are you excited, Kevin? Yep. That's what I like to hear. Thank you very much. (laughs) Imran, where can people keep up with you?
1: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Imran Z O M G. Uh, in the future, I will be at Fanbyte F A N B Y T E dot com, and you can find a lot of my stuff there. Or you can just keep watching, and eventually, I'll pop back on here somehow.
0: That will happen. Yeah, hundred percent. Don't worry about that. So once again, Imran, thank you for everything. We love and appreciate you.
1: Thank you, Greg. Like this is, it, it was a hell of an opportunity, and thank you so much for like not only saving me but letting me do this hell of a thing.
0: Anytime. Until next time, it's been my pleasure to work with you.